welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following message is from our lead pastor, Jared Brooks. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We hype in here. We ready to play. We ready to worship, right? Hey, man. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the exchange. Uh, You saw the video for uh, our project for the month of February. So we're taking care of kids for a day of care. So if you go check, pick up your phone and go to Facebook, check in. Facebook, every check-in goes towards helping provide day of care for uh, kids in need that need help. So go and do that. Also, if you're new, if you're new and you want to get involved, you want to just check us out. We used to, back in the old days, you filled out these cards. They had these things called uh, pens, and you actually use your hand, and you put ink down on paper. That's what you used to do back in the days. Now everything is is digital, and and we live in this odd uh, virtual world. But if you'll go to uh, your phone and text 832-772-7375, if you're new, you can text the word welcome, and that's just uh, letting us uh, meet you and say hi. Uh, we also, if you'll text that number and you text the word welcome, you can, you can put your, it'll give you an opportunity to put your name and stuff. Take that at the end of service right back here to where all of our t-shirts are, and you get a free t-shirt, uh, an exchange t-shirt. So we want you to do that. If you've been around here for a little bit and you say, man, I want to get more involved. I want to, this is my church now. This, these are my peeps. Uh, then you can text that same number and text the word loop. And we spelled it up there for you. Loop, in case you get confused. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many of you are ready to worship God uh, with the word this morning? You know, I'm glad that there's five of y'all that are excited to be in the house of God this morning. I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if y'all are saving up all of the excitement and passion for two teams that most none of you care about except for Jay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of you that really care about today, uh, except that Super Bowl, we're going to watch it, but a lot of us, you know, our teams are out, so we sulk and we pout and, and stuff, but we're still going to watch it. But if you would, would you stand with me this morning, turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Genesis chapter number 8, uh, and, and people are texting in welcome right now, so I'm going to mute my phone, and... Uh, so, but I appreciate you texting in. Welcome. And, uh, and you keep texting in. It won't bother me. But Genesis chapter 8, if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the Sky Bible. It says, verse number 6, So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened up the window which he had made. Thank God the 40 days were over for Noah, right? Can you imagine can you imagine? Now, I have a teenage daughter, and she plays basketball, and when she finishes playing basketball, she gets in my truck, and I remind her politely, you need a shower, okay? I say it as nice as I can, right? But there's a, a, a scent in my truck after when I'm working outside. There's a scent that comes with it. Can you imagine 40 days, 40 days with a bunch of animals? And so Noah gets to finally open up the window. Verse number 7, it says, Then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also, everybody say also, sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove 
found no resting place for the sole of her foot. She returned to the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and he took her, drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. And again he sent out the dove from the ark. Then the dove came back to him in the evening. And behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. Father, I thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to just, not just be in your house, but to be in your house with my friends, God, to, to come into this place and celebrate. There's nothing like going to a sporting event and celebrating with the whole crowd, God, and being here this morning. That's how I feel as, as, as we celebrate your name, as that, that passion just uh, illuminates from our spirit, God, of, of how great you are because you chose us, God. You picked us and you made us perfect in your sight. And so we thank you for that. God, I pray that this word uh, this morning will manifest itself, that it will become life, that it will become so real and relevant that, that we will grab a hold of it and say, this is, is the Holy Spirit's word to my life, and I have to put this into action. So we thank you for this word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout an amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are unhindered. We are unhindered. We've been in a series. We started at the beginning of the year. This is our, our banner for the year. This is a, a, our declaration that we as a, as a church, we as a family, we as, as in our marriages, we as individuals, that we're living a life in 2017 unhindered. Amen? Unhindered. Acts 28.30, most of you that have been coming faithfully, you should memorize, you should already have this story down, okay? Acts chapter 28, and he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. Amen? With all openness, unhindered. The Greek word for unhindered is akaludos. It means unstoppable, unhindered. Okay? So let me remind you of this story. Paul, he's in prison. Where? In his own house that he's paying his own bills. Okay? He's in shackles. He's in chains. He was just shipwrecked. Okay? He's on trial, about to be beheaded. His whole life is a mess, but yet Luke tells us in the book of Acts that Paul is sitting there and he's welcoming people into his house while he's in chains. And the Bible says that Paul was unhindered. Today, 2017, I'm not going to point any fingers. I'm just going to pretend you think I'm talking to you. But if we, in 2017, were in this situation, oh man, we would have the biggest pity party, Right? Amen. We would just be throwing a cow. God, I thought you loved me. Everything that I've done for you. And I'm, I'm in my own house. I'm paying my own rent for my own prison. I'm in chains. I just got shipwrecked. I'm about to die. And, and you hear a knock at the door. Go away. Right? Go away. I'm not in the mood. I don't have anything to say. But Paul is in this situation. The Bible says that Paul was unhindered. He had attached himself to the Spirit of God, and there was nothing that was stopping him. So we declare over the exchange in 2017 that we will live a life unhindered. Amen? That's what we're going to do. And that starts with being transformed. We went over the whole month of, of January. Our verse was being transformed, okay? Being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can test, right? 
And, and, and that's what has to happen is it's a transformation that starts up here. So this series that we've been in, it's called God's Vision for My Life. We keep talking about the vision statement that, that we've presented for this year. That is, it's kind of our declaration. And I want you to say this with me. To see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. Okay? We're going to say that again. To see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. So a few weeks ago, we talked about being saved. We talked about what it meant to have our spirit saved, to have our souls being saved, which is constant, and then to have our bodies one day, thank God, they will be saved in the rapture when we get a new one. Hallelujah. I threw my back out uh, Wednesday morning, and then I have been all over Texas the last few days, and it has been miserable. Miserable. So I remind myself of that verse all the time that one day I'm going to get a new body and it's going to be better than Logan's body. <laughs> Logan's my, my buddy. He, he owns a Loganitis gym down here and uh, that dude's ripped up. He's in the back if you want to go touch his muscles later. Um, <laughs> But we talked about what it means to be saved. We talked about what it means to be healed physically and, and emotionally. Uh, last week, Pastor Kevin taught us what it is to be set free. Amen? To be released, to set free. And today we're going to talk about discipled. Now, discipled is one of my favorite uh, topics in the whole world. I love discipleship. I'm all about discipleship because discipleship is about discipline. It is to be a disciplined follower of Christ. Okay, everybody needs to say discipline with me. Come on, that's what discipleship is. It's what? It's discipline. It's discipline. It's becoming a disciplined follower of Christ. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, If anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me continuously. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, Come, follow me. Okay, two words there, follow me. You know, the, as, as disciples of Christ, we never get to a place, church, where we've arrived, you know? You never get to a place in your relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. I've been in ministry now. I went back to Lubbock this weekend, and uh, I got to, to share a little bit at the 20th anniversary of a church that I helped plant in 1997, and they're 20 years old this month, and... Uh, and in 20 years, did you know that I have not arrived? I taught a discipleship school for 14 years. And I'm still not discipled. Because it is a constant process. Discipleship is an ongoing process. And so if you're ever going to grow in your relationship with God, discipleship has to be something that is not just in your life, but that is alive and working in your life so that you can go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from the one place to the next place. And that's what we're saying. If you're going to be uh, unhindered in 2017, saved and, and healed and set free is part of it. But now it's about being discipled. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of discipleship in your life. Okay? And that is a fact. You can take that to the bank. This will be the best year of your life. Listen, if you want the best year of your life, this needs to be the best year of discipleship in your life. 
This being a disciple is making a commitment, saying, you know what, God, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to follow you. There's nothing that's going to stop me. There's no obstacles in my life that are going to stop me because I am unhindered. Everybody say unhindered. So we start off today and we read this story in the Old Testament, this Old Testament character by the name of Noah, okay? And, and Noah is, uh, is in this moment where he's been obedient to God, but it's time for him to move forward, okay? So he's got to move to the next phase of his relationship with God. He's done everything that God's asked him to do, and so now he's got to move forward. So I want to I give you some facts about the story of Noah as we get Excuse me, as we get started here. First of all, earlier in chapter 8, in verse number 4, it says that the ark came to rest on top of Mount Ararat on the 17th day of the 7th month. Okay, now, you can use your hands if you want to kind of keep track of this stuff with me. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can take notes. So, on the 17th day of the 7th month. Now, this is significant because in Exodus, you can read in verse 1 through 5, in Exodus 12, you can read in verse 1 through 5, that God changed the seventh month to the first month when he established the Hebrew religious calendar, okay? So God turns the seventh month into the first month. And now this is really significant because it represents when he brought the children of Israel out of captivity and into the promised land, okay? He brought them out of captivity and into the promised land on the first month, 17th day. So, the 14th day of the first month in the Hebrew religious calendar was formerly known as the seventh month. This is the Passover. This is the day that the Jews celebrate being in bondage, okay? Thank you, Jay. They celebrate... uh, from being in bondage and being set free from from Pharaoh. So if you study this out, you'll understand that it's also the same day that Jesus Christ became our sacrifice. Okay? So this is kind of significant. The ark lands on the same day that Jesus Christ one day becomes our sacrifice, the lamb, the lamb of God that was crucified on the cross in our place. And then we, most of us know the story, after Christ was crucified, three days later, he raises from the dead. Now, this is powerful because on the 17th day, the ark comes to rest. Three days later, Jesus Christ was risen from the grave. This rest represents salvation. It represents an eternal stamp that we've been bought with a price, that he's paid a price for us, and it's our guarantee. And when you have salvation, there should be a day of rest. All the fights that we've had and the turmoil and the the battles with sin, that stuff should be released from us and there should be a season of rest because we've given our life to Christ. So it's kind of significant here. So you got to get a hold of that. It's not a coincidence that these days fall on the same because it's it's foreshadowing of things to come as we see it play out in the New Testament. The ark comes to rest. Jesus rose from the grave, rested at the right hand of the Father. So let me give you some other interesting facts. Noah, uh, Noah loaded the animals on the ark from the time that he started and the, till the time that he was done, till he stepped off the ark, was 377 days. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's over a year. So Noah was on the ark for over a year. <laughs> right? It's terrible. 
Now, this was a big ordeal because this isn't some nice, awesome vacation cruise. This is the, the trip from hell, really. I mean, this is awful. Uh, I, I get on a carnival cruise. We've, Shelly and I, we went for our honeymoon on a cruise. And when you get on, I want to move. And if, and if it goes very long without me moving, I'm wanting to know what the problem is. I don't think I could sit there for hundreds of days just loading animals. So now here's how big the ark was, 97,000 square feet. So you take this building from front all the way to the very back, and I'm talking about to the back of the building, that's 21,000 square feet. So you take four and almost a half of these, and you can put it in, and the ark was three stories high. The ark had about 17,600 different species of animals. And we learned from a lot of scholars that you could have actually doubled the amount of animals. That's how big the ark was. So, you know, when you grow up and you tell the story as a kid, you kind of see this ark, you know, the little boat like this, and all the animals poking their heads out, and they're all kind of crammed in there. It wasn't really that way. This boat was like mammoth. Okay, monster, monster boat. Noah gets to this place <coughs> where he finds grace in his eyes. He finds grace in the eyes of God. He's a righteous man, so what the Bible tells us. He has salvation, and Noah is thankful for all this. But there's a point where he gets to where it's time to move forward. Everybody say move forward. So he's thankful that he's been saved. He's thankful that he's been healed. He's thankful that through this flood, he's been set free. Now there's a point where Noah's ready to move forward. So he moves forward. And that's what we're going to try to do in 2017 is we're going to be unhindered. And now we're going to continue to move forward. We focused on salvation. We focused on healing. We focused on being set free. But now there's another step. We're not satisfied, so we're wanting to move to this next place. So Genesis tells us in Genesis 8, verse number 6, that Noah's ready to move forward. The rain stops. He opens up the window, and he takes two birds. Everybody say two birds. And he releases these birds. The first bird that he throws out is a raven. Now, I mean, we see ravens around here. Okay, ravens are nasty. Okay, they're nasty birds. <laughs> ravens are crazy birds. The Bible says he threw this raven out, and the raven goes to and fro, back and forth, flying around all crazy, okay? The raven lost his mind. The raven's just flying around. And, this is, and, the, and when the Bible describes this, it's the same language that, that we read in the book of Job when he's talking about uh, Satan. He comes, and, and Satan is roaming. He's going about to and fro, and he's looking for someone, looking for someone that he can, that he can tempt, someone that he can trap, someone that he can test. The ravens in this story, they represent our flesh. They represent uh, those things that we're trusting in our life that will move us forward that actually have nothing to do with our relationship with God. They're not a part of God's plan. Okay, these ravens are things that, that we would, we would want to believe and want to lean on, want to depend on, but there's actually no dependency found in the ravens. So Noah realizes, if I mess around with this raven, <coughs> if I wait on this raven, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving forward. This raven has no mission. It's just flying around. So the Bible says that Noah, in verse number 9, but then the dove, he releases a dove, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him. 
So if you look through all through scriptures, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. When Jesus goes to John the Baptist to, to be baptized, the Bible says, and then the Holy Spirit came down as a dove and rested upon him. Okay, So the dove is a picture <coughs> of the Holy Spirit in this, in this story. And so you got to understand that Noah realizes, I can't fool around with this raven anymore. So he sends out a dove. And he sends out the dove, and, and both birds come back. But only one bird stands out. Only one bird does he give a second chance. Okay, so there's something about the dove that's helping Moses move into the next phase of his life. So Noah gets aggressive. When the dove comes back, it says, so he put out, this is in verse number nine. So he put out his hand and he took her and he drew her into the ark to himself. The Bible takes, takes and paints a picture for us here. That Noah sees the dove and has no resting place. So Noah reaches out his arm. He stretches out his arm and he creates a space for the dove to land. Now that's important for us to understand what I'm talking about here, okay? So the dove is coming back to the ark and Noah creates space for the dove to come back and land. I want to tell you today that God is looking for space in your life. So that he can make a dwelling place. So that he can come and be a part of who you are. If you want to live unhindered in 2017, you have to create a space for God to land in your life. That's the only way that we're going to grow. And here's the thing. is Noah creates space and God fills that space because God's a feeler, not a forcer. Okay? God's never going to force himself into your life. God doesn't, you don't come to church on, on Sunday and say, you know what, I want to accept Christ. I like this message you're talking about. And you accept Christ. And then all of a sudden, God starts cramming and forcing himself on you. Everywhere you turn, it's just God. And you hear all these voices. And, and then there, there's Bibles everywhere. You go home and there's Bibles everywhere. And, and you walk out to your car and there's a halo floating over your car. That's not the way it works. See, God is asking us to create space. And as we create space, he comes in and he fills that space. The earth was created for man to fill, but man was created for God to fill. Okay? So the dove's coming in to land. Noah creates space and he says, look, I want to move forward. I'm going to create space for you to land. He reaches out, stretches out his arm. He was sacrificing himself. He creates space and the dove representing the Holy Spirit comes into his life. And the Bible says he took her into himself. He pulls the Bible into himself. I want to ask you today, are you really passionate and proactive about pulling God into your life? Have you created, not just created space, but then as, as, as you can, you reach out and you pull God in. You pull the word of God into your life. You pull prayer into your life. Because if you're going to move forward, we have to create space. Things aren't just going to happen, okay? If you, want, if you want God to, if you think God's just going to bless you, God's not just going to bless you. God's looking for men and women of faith who are creating space in their life for him to come in. The, the problem with this type of thinking is that God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. Okay? God meets our need through faith. And if you're going to experience everything that God has for you, you've got to be proactive and you have to create space in your life. So Noah, he's wanting to move forward and he's trying to create this space. He reaches out and he brings this dove in. Let me, let me be frank with you. You don't have the capacity to figure everything out on your own. 
Okay? You can't figure out everything on your own. So Noah gets to this point. He doesn't know what to do. The ark is stuck. The ark is just sitting here. He's just floating around in no man's land. Everywhere he looks, there's water. And there's, he has no, no clue what to do. So what he does is he releases the Holy Spirit. And as it comes back, he creates space. And because he created space, he was able to pull the dove into himself. And he recognized at that moment where he's going, that he's about to move forward. Okay? We've been talking about what it is uh, to live uh, an unhindered life. God wants to work things out according to his purpose. He wants to set us free. He wants to heal us. He wants to save us. But he wants us to move forward to the next level. Part of moving forward to the next level is all about discipleship. And discipleship is about discipline. We, we talked about the, the verse Pastor Kevin introduced to us a few weeks ago about being transformed. And it was our verse of the month in January. But if we're going to create space for God, we have to create space for all of God. Not just a little bit of God, all of God. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will desire. Ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. So in your life, the first principle of discipleship is getting the word of God in you. That's why we have the verse of the month. That's why we started this whole verse of the month thing is just to help you start applying and putting the word of God inside of us. So this is our new verse for the month. So I want everybody to say it with me. John 15, 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful that we have this guarantee that if we'll just abide in him and allow his word to abide in us, to dwell in us, to manifest in us, then we have the opportunity to say, God, this is what I need. This is what I need. And he is faithful to meet that. Here's what's awesome. If you go on to the next verse, verse number 8 in John 15, it says, by this, my father is glorified. By what? What is he? he? He is glorified by us abiding in him and allowing his word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Okay? It, that God is the word. And so when we allow him to manifest and abide in us and we abide in him, it says, by this my father is glorified. And you know what else? That you bear much fruit. You know what else? So you will be my disciples. You want to be a disciple of God? You have to abide in the presence of God. You have to allow the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to abide in you. And you have to create space for that to happen. And you have to remember, God is a feeler, not a forcer. Okay? God is not going to make any of you walk out of here this morning and all of a sudden you're a disciple. All of a sudden you're more disciplined. That's not the way it works. Okay? Discipline is all about you. Oh, some of us know that all too well. My wife and I are about to start a diet. Don't clap, Logan. The trainer's back there clapping. Please. Listen, we have to have this desire, the discipline to create space. Remember the, the lady with the issue of blood in the Bible? She's pressing through. There's no space. There's no opportunity. The Bible says they were, they were shoulder to shoulder. There was a crowd of people. And this woman, she comes, and what does she do? She makes space. 
She forces her way in and she makes space. She's able to touch Jesus. And because of that, Jesus turns around and he says, your faith has made you whole. Your need didn't attract me to you. Everybody around here needs me. Everybody's touched me. Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, you kidding me? Everybody touched you. Look, there are thousands of people. Jesus says, no, something different. Somebody created space. Somebody brought me in to herself. Somebody needed me. And it wasn't your need that I responded to. It was your faith. That's why he says, your faith has made you whole. Listen, if you create space, Jesus is going to fill it. Right? We believe that? That's why we all tithe. Amen? <laughs> Y'all were like, eh, mm, um, usually. See, see, what you do is, is we take the, the 100%, we take 10% out of the 100%, 100% that, we, that we've brought in, and we give 10% of that to God, and we're left with 90%. And you know what God does? God's a filler. He takes that, ten, that gap that we have, that space that we've created, and he doesn't just fill it. He multiplies it. Yeah, I don't, it, It's okay if you don't believe me because it just takes time for you to step in. That's why the Bible says test me in this. Test me in this to see if I won't prove it. Because God knows that when you tell somebody, hey, give me 10% and I'm going to make it better than the 90. Okay, sure. And that's why God kind of says, okay, well, test me. That's okay. Test me. It's the only time in the Bible you'll find the word of God. And it's dealing with money. See, God's a filler, not a forcer. He wants to take that gap that we've created. When we give to him and he wants to fill up, he wants to fill up and he wants to uh, bless you so much that you, you become a blessing. Opened up the windows of heaven so much that you can't even contain it. So that you become a blessing. God's a filler, not a forcer. So Noah, he's creating this space. He's surrendering to God. He's surrendering to God and saying, God, here I am. Here I am. I, I'm making a space for you, God. I'm stretching out my arm and I'm making a space for you to land. That's my desire. That was my prayer all week long. Every morning, I, I would pray that, that everybody that comes to the church this Sunday morning, everybody that listens to the podcast uh, throughout this, that they will come to a place where they say, you know what? I'm going to stretch myself, and I'm going to create space. I start this diet tomorrow, and you know what? <clears throat> you know what I have to do? Stretch myself. I'm already stretched. I'm getting stretch marks. So I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about I'm going to have to stretch myself to create space for this to work. See, it's the grace of God that keeps us saved, but it's the obedience that moves us forward into abundant living, into an unhindered life. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. It's the grace of God that keeps us saved, but it's the obedience that moves us forward. See, God didn't save you so you can get saved and stop. And I've said this before. Uh, the whole point of salvation is so you can't just make it to heaven. That's not the point of salvation. Salvation, he says, I came to give you life, abundant life. He says, when I saved you, I want you to live it up. I want you to live the greatest life ever, the blessed life. That's what I came to do. I used to give this illustration to my kids uh, when I was a youth pastor. I would say, if, if, if heaven was the purpose of salvation, then every time everybody gets saved, I would pull out a pistol at the altar and go pop, pop, pop. And just drop them all, right? Just 
that's the goal. It's over. Boom, you're done. Okay, you, you accepted Christ. Boom, you're done. Let them just all drop. Then they don't have to worry about saving the soul and, you know, the, the, having to work out their salvation. Everybody goes to heaven, right? But that's not the purpose of salvation. Salvation is so that we have a blessed life, an abundant life. That comes with obedience. So Noah, he, he gets this. He surrenders afresh to God and he stretches out his hand. And, he, and, and Noah recognizes how thankful and grateful he is to God. Look at everything that God's done. He built this ark. He, 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 he saved he and his family. And, and it was everybody was against Noah. Everybody was telling him it wasn't going to work. And Jesus, he taught us to be thankful and grateful. And he, he teaches us in the, the Lord's Prayer. He says, our Father who art in heaven. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So if you break that passage down, you're going to notice that when you wake up on, in the morning, the first thing you're supposed to say is, Father, hallowed be thy name. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, that you saved me. Thank you, God, that you healed me. Thank you, God, that you set me free. Thank you, God, that you gave me life. Thank you, God, that you gave me a job. Thank you, God, that you gave me a wife. Thank you, God, that you gave me kids. Thank you, Father. We have to wake up and be grateful. And thank you for the blessings. And thank you for the goodness that you bestowed upon me. The grace that you've given me, God. That's a part of being discipled is creating space, learning how to pray. You know, a lot of people, they don't know how to pray. And if we're real honest with ourselves, most people only pray around the dinner table. You know, we, we spend more time, we pray more prayers on a Sunday morning in service sometimes than we do at home all week long. Sometimes we open up with a prayer. Sometimes Jay will get up there and pray again. And then I get up here and reach and they'll pray again. And we're going to pray again at the end. And, and sometimes we've multiplied the prayer for the week. I didn't, get, I didn't expect a lot of amens. I wrote down right here, no amens right here. <laughs> so that's okay. I wasn't expecting nobody to amen me there. I ain't even, my feelings ain't even hurt. But we have to create space for God. We have to create space with the word of God. We have to be disciplined with the word of God. Listen, Noah, he sends out these birds. But listen, the second time Noah sends out a bird, you know what he does? He doesn't mess with the raven. Okay? He doesn't even mess with the raven. The Bible says he doesn't send out the raven the second time. He goes straight to the dove. He's done. He understands that if he's going to move forward in his life, this raven that represents flesh in our life, there's some things that got to change. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. And Noah puts the raven up. Okay, Noah puts the raven up and he just sends out a dove. And when he does, the dove comes back and it has this olive leaf in it. And, and that represents the peace, peace of God over our lives. That's what happens when, when we allow the Holy Spirit, when we create space for the Holy Spirit, what we do is we recognize immediately, we stretch out, we create space, we pull it in and we recognize immediately that this is how I'm going to move forward. This is how I'm going to move forward. This right here, this is something significant in my life. The ravens, the flesh, all the things that are pulling me here and there, the bills work and all that. I'm not messing with that. This is what's going to move me forward. And what we do is we send it out again. 
And when we send it out again, it takes us, it comes back, and it begins to speak and breathe life into us. And it gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that we know where our salvation lies. The peace that we know who we are in Christ. The peace that we know that we've been bought with a price. That we've been redeemed. We've been sanctified. And that God has a plan for my life. And this dove comes back and it's created a a promise of where we're about to go. It's time that we create space for God in our lives again. God's not going to move you forward and and live a life unhindered if we're not creating space for him. Okay? Uh, Back when I first started playing the guitar, I was 20-something. I was a youth pastor. We wanted to start a band at one point. And I wanted to be named No Vacancy. um, Because I wanted that name because I wanted my life to not have any space for anything but God. That there was no room for the Ravens, that everything in my life was God. And then I started looking it up, and I found another band named No Vacancy, and they're not a Christian. <laughs> so, I, so I left it alone. But listen, the Bible says that when we create space, God will come in, and he will move in our life. We have, it doesn't matter if you have the desire to grow in your relationship. If I were to ask everybody right now, how many of you want to grow in your relationship with God? Probably all of us would go, yeah. Most, some of us might even do it because our wife or husband's looking at us. They expect us to do that. So if I said, you know, how many of you want to grow in your relationship with God? All of us would do that. But let me tell you something. Desire without discipline is nothing. Amen? Desire without discipline is nothing. Decisions are easy to make, but it's the discipline required to keep those decisions that are hard to follow. We can preach to you over and over and over and over, but without discipline, we go nowhere. Amen? You can't pray your way out of a situation that you behaved your way into. Okay? So if you got yourself into this situation, you just can't go, okay, God, I want, to, I want out of this situation. Boom, a genie in a bottle, he's just going to take you out. That's not the way it hurts. works. You worked your way there, and it takes work to get yourself if you've smoked your whole life and you decide, you know what, I'm going to quit smoking. Okay, well, it just doesn't happen like that. It takes discipline, right? It takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes work. So that desire, although desire is great, desire is nothing without discipline. We have to make space for God and we have to turn that desire into something. It has to manifest into something. Disciples are disciplined. That's why Jesus said, go and make. What? He said, go and make. Come on. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say, go make a bunch of believers. Go make a bunch of converts. That's not what he said. He said, but he's what he's basically saying. And this is my interpretation. Believers, converts, they're going to come and go. Okay. You know, there's a verse in Ephesians that says, don't be an infant tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and doctrine and cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes when they lie and wait to deceive you. Did you understand what I just said? It says, don't be a baby who believes everything that's thrown at them. Okay? And sometimes as believers, that's what we do. We come in and this new wave of doctrine is coming in. We're like, oh, that's pretty sweet. That fits me. 
All right, I like it. And we, we just jump in and we buy into it. And then, and then my whole life, I, I say things and I'm like, yeah, the Bible says whatever. And then you realize when you get older, you're like, oh, that's actually not in the Bible. That was just a cool quote that a preacher used one time. Right? And, and so we have to become disciplined. We have to create space for God. Disciples are disciplined from the word of God. And disciples go and make other disciples okay to follow god's righteous design for living we have to create space for god now i want you to get this found people find people saved people serve people growing people changed people okay i'm gonna say it one more time and i'm gonna say it nice because i don't want you to think i'm pointing anybody out but I want to say this real slow. Found people find people. Think about that. Found people. You've heard Pastor Kevin. He says this a lot. When he got saved, everything that God did for him, that's the reason he started preaching is because he just wanted everybody to find what he found. Found people find people. Saved people serve people. Growing people change people. That's who we are. That's who we are as a church. And we have to create space for God. And God will fill it. Because God is a filler, not a forcer. Desire is great, but it takes effort to become anything at all. And when the desire manifests into action, it is powerful. When desire manifests into action, it is powerful. And our desire is for the exchange church to become a church of disciples. Amen? Amen. Come on. A church of disciples where we're disciple-making disciples. That we're not making believers who never grow, who never change, who never become anything significant in the kingdom of God. Who Satan never even recognizes their name. I want them to know my name because I'm a disciple-making disciple. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My is for the exchange church to become a church of disciples committed and growing in their relationship yes. with God. Yes. A church that will stand up and say, I am a disciple. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The dies. Shut up, let up, until I stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid. 
Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. See, God's looking for somebody that's going to stand out and turn desire into discipline and let discipline manifest itself into a relationship with God that is continuing to grow. When, when I decided that it was time to plant a church, when God decided and I uh, submitted to that, one of the things that I said over and over and over is I want, I want to have a discipleship church. I want to have a disciple. That discipleship is all I've ever known, okay? And, and I used to dream. We used to dream. And when we would travel and stuff, and, and I remember Jay Knight and I, we used to talk about this. We would travel and stuff, and I would say, okay, I see we're planting a church, this, this, and this. But one of the things that I always said is we're going to have a discipleship pastor that's constantly putting out discipleship, that's constantly pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. Okay? Now, if you don't want to jump in and you don't want to be a part of that, that's Okay? Because it takes first desire, and then that desire has to become discipline where you're actually doing something about it. So people can all day long say, yeah, I want to be a disciple of Christ. Okay. Well, if you do, then it's going to take work. Amen? That's what discipleship is about. It's about a growing relationship with God. So you know what we've done? is we've sat down and decided, okay, how do we disciple the church? How do we grow the church in discipleship? I can't get up here on a Sunday morning and just say, hey, we need to be better at discipleship because you know what? Half of our church is not here, okay, right? So we're going to hope that they listen to the podcast. We're going to hope that as they're sitting in, the, in their living room or driving in their car that they feel and sense this passion and that they buy into it, right? Probably not always going to happen. So what we've got to do is it's got to be more than a Sunday sermon because Sunday sermons, although they're okay and great in this church, amen? amen. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. So what we've done is we've created space. I've created space in my life. Shelly was just telling me last night or the day before, she was like, I need to do more. I need to do more in my relationship with God. And, and I was like, well, this is perfect because I'm talking about it Sunday, about creating space. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you create space in your life. Okay? I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up. We're going to help you figure out what it is or how to create space in your life. First of all, we got to get rid of the ravens. Okay? We got to start, stop messing with the ravens. That's one of the first things Moses realized. He didn't realize at the moment the initial reaction was just send out two birds. But it didn't take him long to recognize the raven's not going to help me. The raven's not going to pull me up. The raven's not going to take me to the next level. So for some of us, that's kind of the first step and part of our discipleship process is examine and identify the ravens in our life. The ravens in our life that are trying to hinder our relationship with God. That are trying to slow our walk down. The ravens that, that distract us. The ravens that try to, to 
paint themselves as God. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Good intentions and people say, well, I know this is God's will. Satan will do that to you. Satan will present you good things in your life so that you'll jump on it. Because if he can keep you from the God thing, he don't care if you have a good thing. Satan will even bless you. Can you believe that? Satan will even bless you with a job because it, it's not about just you having a job. It's about you having the right job. Right. So God wants us to have the right job. And sometimes Satan, he'll do anything he can to keep you from the right job. He'll even give you another job. As long as he can keep us out of God's will and God's plan for our life. So we have to recognize these ravens. But I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about where you are right now in your, in your walk with God. Okay? What does that look like? And you, you examine yourself. This isn't Pastor Jared trying to make anyone feel guilty or, or pump anybody up. This is just me giving you an opportunity to look at yourself and go, really, what is my relationship with God? What does it look like tomorrow on, on a Monday when I wait? What does my relationship with God usually look like? What all do I do to create space for Him on Mondays? What is it on Tuesdays? Is Tuesdays my big day where I try to create space? Is it Wednesdays I try to come and, and get my kids involved in youth or, or, or church and, and we talk a little bit about, about God? Maybe it's Thursdays. Maybe it's Fridays, Friday mornings. Maybe that's when it is. But, but I'm asking you, just examine. Look at yourself and go, wow, this is, this is my space I've created. And if we're honest, and I am the first, I'm up here, Pastor Jared, and I am telling you, I am the first one to tell you, if we're honest, we're not satisfied because it's not enough space. All this week as I've, I've been praying about this and thinking about it, I've been thinking of all the other areas I need to create space. Because my life gets full. I've got a lot of ravens in my life. i got a lot of ravens in my life that, that are flying to and fro and back and forth and all crazy. And, and they're distracting. So what is that space? Now... Everybody look up at me for just a moment. So now you've kind of examined what that space looks like. Now I want you to be real honest with me. Be real honest. How many of you in your mind right now, as you thought that through, you thought, you know what? I need to create more space for God in my life. Come on, raise your hand. Hold it up. Perfect. Now stand. If you raised your hand, stand. But, and here's why. It's because no more excuses. No more excuses. Pastor Kevin, Pastor Ruben, Pastor Eddie, Pastor Cody, Pastor Jay, all, all these guys on staff, what we've done is, is we're trying our best to create an opportunity to help you make space in your life. Create space in your life. So what we've done is we've, we're doing several things, actually. One, when you leave today, I need everybody. Actually, we're going to bring them up here. We're going to bring these up here. So we're going to have everybody, when we take up the offering here in a little bit, I want, even if you don't have an offering, I want you to come up here, and everybody needs to pick up one of these, okay? This is what we just quoted. I'm a disciple. 
I want you to pick this up and I want you to take it home. If you want to, if you want to copy, if you want more copies, I can get you more copies. Put it up many places. Put it on your refrigerator. Blow it up so some of you can see it. I know we're a, we're a fairly young church, but I know some of you. And I know. So blow it up so you can see it. But I want you to, to try to read over this about once a week. <laughs> you know, read over this. And one of the lines, we've been quoting this for 15 years almost. And uh, I've never really actually memorized it. I could quote it mostly with them. But um, one of my favorite lines is where it says, I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I don't need preeminence, prosperity. I don't need plaudits, popularity. That's not what I need. That's not what I'm, I'm looking for. But he says, when he comes for his own, when he comes, one day he's going to come back. And when he comes back, man, he'll recognize me. He'll recognize me because I've created such space that I look like him. I, I talk like him. I, I, I respond like him. And one day he's going to come back and he's going to have no problem recognizing who I am. Because I wave a banner that says I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm his. I'm not a believer. I'm not some convert. I'm a disciple. I am finding people. I'm a found person who's finding people. I'm a, a changed person who's changing people. It says, I won't look back, let up, slow down, or back away. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promote, promotion, plaudits, or popularity. It goes on and says, my face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, my mission is clear. My mission is clear. I know my purpose. My purpose is to know God and make Him known. That's my purpose. My purpose in life is not to make it to glory land. My purpose in life is to live an abundant life. For my wife to have a great life. For my kids to live an abundant life. That's my purpose. He says this. It says, I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or mander in the maze of mediocrity. I will not give up, shut up, let up, till I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, Give till I drop. Preach till all know. And work till he stops me. And when he comes back and he's looking for me, it's obvious where I am, Daddy. Because I have your heart. I'm turning people to you, Daddy. 
I'm giving people the life that you gave me, the promise that you gave me, Dad. The hope that you gave me. That's why I'm a disciple. That's why I want to be a disciple. Because everybody should have what I have. Everybody should have the dad like I have. Everybody should have my daddy. And this is my daddy. This is who he is. And so if that's the kind of man and woman that you want to be, you want to be that kind of disciple, then we're going to give you an opportunity. So you take this and you read it. Read it often. Just look over, put it on your refrigerator and read it. And and one day, one line may pop out at you. And then two weeks later, another line. But one day you're going to go, you know what? I don't have to be right first, tops recognized, praise regarded or rewarded. I know who I am. The second thing that I want you to do, and we're going to pass these out right now. So, Cody, if, if you and a couple people help me out we're gonna pass these out right now we're creating a facebook page for it's a discipleship facebook page it's not a private page so you can invite people to it if you want to but on this page we're gonna put devotions we're gonna put verses that you can pray we're gonna put uh verses you should read we're gonna give you book suggestions if you want to buy a book and read a book we're gonna give you suggestions on things you can read Um, but it's just gonna be a page that's dedicated to moving forward in your relationship with God okay it's just a page that's there it's created only to help you grow and the reason we're doing this and the reason I'm giving this to you is because me And our team, our pastors here at The Exchange, we have got to grow. We're all reading a book together right now. Our board members, we're all reading a book together right now. Because we've got to grow. We've got to move forward. We can't be satisfied. We can't be satisfied. So if you'll take this and you'll just put your name and and information on it, we're going to find you on Facebook and we're going to get you connected in in this discipleship group. Okay, now, if you, if you know somebody that, that goes to another church or whatever, and you just want to invite them to be a part of, of whatever we're reading, whatever we're doing, this is not a private page. This is about people who are wanting to go to the next level, okay, to the next step. The third opportunity you have is I bought some books. I didn't tell my wife at first, but I did tell her last night. I said, all those books I, we paid for personally. But... I'm asking you if you would buy these books. Um, this one's like $11 or $9, something like that. This one's like $8 or $9. But I'll, I'll, we'll, we're going to sell them as a pair if you, if you don't have either one for just $15. Now, I only bought, uh, there's only 19 sets left. One set's already get gone. There's only 19 sets. Um, I, I kind of didn't imagine everybody's going to go jump to go buy these books. Uh, but when we started the exchange and we were meeting in the daycare, I preached the first month or two months out of this book. It's called Not a Fan, and it's, it's a great book on discipleship. Then I found the devotional that goes with it, and this is a 75-day daily devotional. And it's just got great devotions. Kind of like the things that Pastor Kevin posts on his Facebook daily. That's kind of what this is. And so I just, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking to help people create space. 
And so uh, we always taught our master's commission, leaders are readers, okay? Leaders are readers. So if you want to grow, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you've got to put more than just the Bible. And the Bible is awesome. But I'm telling you, you need to put some, some things in your life. You need to grow. So that is back there at the back table. And the last thing, we were supposed to start the growth track today. The growth track is four weeks. Four weeks that tell who we are, what our church is about. It, it's basically, in a lot of churches, you would go to a membership class. We don't really have a membership class. But this would be what that would be like. It tells who we are, where we're going, our mission, our goals. So I've postponed the, the growth track to next week. Just in case some of you today said, you know what, I want to create space in my life and I'm going to commit the next four weeks and I'm going to come to church on Sunday mornings early at 9 o'clock and I'm going to go through this discipleship class, this growth track class, okay? If that's you, back there at our book table, there's a sign-up sheet and you can sign your name there, okay? So, you can get on Facebook, you can get the books, you can sign up for our growth track, you can start reading this, proclaiming it over your life. These are just some small things that we're going to start today that will help you create space in your life. Amen. Father, I pray right now, God, that, that today is not just a day that we walk away and go, wow, you know, great, great day. Worship was awesome. And a lot of good things happened. God, but I pray today will be a day of significance for people. God, that today they'll remember for the rest of their lives. I remember Super Bowl Sunday when the Super Bowl was in Houston, Texas. That's the day that I moved into a new relationship with God. That's the day that everything changed in my life. That's the day I started reading more. I started praying more. I started putting things into my life. I want that to be a day of significance, God. And, and that is our desire as a church, that we grow. Not, not numbers, God. This is not about numbers. This is about spiritual and personal growth in our relationship with you. So, Father, I pray that, that this be embedded in our spirits, that it be embedded in our hearts and on our minds, that today when we go home and, and tonight as we go to bed and tomorrow as we wake up, that there's something that your spirit is stirring in us, God, that, that it's time to move forward in our relationship with you. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 And you may be seated this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Kevin if he'll come and he can speak off the Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to The Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.